Love the song. Tom Bernard Show with Lane Christensen, Rob Olson, Chris Lopez, co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, <laughs> Cassie Schrader. We got the full house, but there's a lot of great things happening today. We'll kick it off with Rob Olson and Mr. Lopez. Where is your magician's outfit? Where? <laughs> Yeah. It, it, it appears later on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it'll appear. It'll magical. It'll it magically appear. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. We'll be right back. Kick things off. Don Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience, And working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. You're doing it to me. Aretha Franklin. Honor the Queen of Soul today. The Queen of Everything. She had the greatest voice of any living human man or woman. And now God rest her soul. God rest her soul. She died at uh, 8.50 a.m. No kidding. She yeah. died. Yeah, she died a couple hours ago. Oh my gosh! Wow. I loved her. I never got a chance to meet her. Never even got a chance to interview her, or talk to her at all. But uh, she is my favorite singer of all time. And I found out this morning at 8:50 Central Time she passed away, hmm. which is upsetting to me because the emotion, the feeling, just the, the passion she had when she sang was just unbelievable. You know, she was a lifetime Detroit resident and didn't uh, sing for Motown. How ironic is that? Yeah, I know. It is pretty weird. Uh, kind of ironic part two, she died today. The Queen of Soul died today. Who else died today about 40 years ago? Sam oh. Cooke? Elvis? Elvis Presley. Oh, King oh. of Rock and Roll and the Queen of Soul. Wow. 
How cool is that? The king of rock and roll and the queen of soul died on the same day, August 16th. That's weird. We don't know for sure, but she may have done that on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think so. She looked pretty rough for the past few months, man. Uh, I will tell you this, though. The other part of that that I love is brought up by Mike from Kenyon. Uh, Elvis. Kenyon? Kenyon, Minnesota. Yeah. Kenyon. I didn't even know that was a place. Where yeah, is it? Absolutely. It's like Kenya, but with an N. Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> all, the, all the Kenyans live there. South Very nice people. Yeah. But in any case, Elvis Presley died in Memphis, and Aretha Franklin was born in Memphis. Oh. So they're, they're tied together all kinds oh, of so weird ways. Huge synchronicity. This is kind of a Lincoln-Kennedy deal. Kind of a Lincoln-Kennedy deal. That's right. Yeah. Lincoln's secretary was Kennedy, and Kennedy's secretary was Lincoln. I heard that was false. Yeah, I think it probably is. I think Urban that's all myth. made up. Well, according to Snopes, I don't know how... The uh, only thing that I could find that John F. Kennedy and Lincoln had in common was they both shook Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's not what it is. Maybe it might have been something else. I'm not sure. Let's see here. <laughs> Andy's looking it up. <laughs> Google. Yeah. Google. Hey, Siri. There was just a news story that there was some long-lost footage of a nude scene with Marilyn Monroe yeah, in I a movie. Yeah. yeah. And they thought it was destroyed, but it wasn't. Doesn't look anything like her, though, I heard. No. You heard? You heard her. <laughs> right. I don't, you know, my, my lovely wife is down there, and I just... Well, there's uh, all sorts you know. of weird things. They both had four children and a son that died during presidency. Um, both of them had a companion who was wounded by the assassin... Uh, both of them were elected in 60, you know, there's tons of these. Hmm. Yeah, there are, yeah, there are a lot. Oh, 1860 and 1960, that's mm-hmm. right. Each resident, president died in a place with the initials PH, Peterson House and Parkland Hospital. Hmm. So, See, what do you think? That. Chris, did you grow up Catholic? Yeah. The only reason I ask you that is I did too. When JFK was long before you were born, when JFK was elected president, my Roman Catholic mother went crazy. The president's a Catholic. It's the greatest thing that ever happened. It's like, man, mom, calm down. On the wall, I've told this story a million times, but I love the story. My mother, I mean, she was as Roman Catholic as they get. She just loved being a Catholic. So up on her wall, everywhere we ever lived, and I lived in 43 different houses before I finally moved away from the family. 43 different wow. houses. And each one in the living room was a picture of the current Pope, uh, Jesus, and JFK, and <laughs> Dean Martin. Dean Martin. <laughs> Dean Martin. Exactly. Okay. That... Which one of these doesn't fit? Yeah, right. They're all. Well, I don't, uh, Jesus wasn't a Catholic, though. He was a Jew, Mom. Why is a Jew up there with the three other Catholics? Why well, did you have to Dean torture Martin? the poor woman? Yeah. <laughs> well, Dean Martin a Jew too? Leave her alone. Nah, not that I know of. But oh. he, he was pretty. He, he grew up in Steubenville, Ohio, which is the home of the mafia in Ohio. So. I'm thinking he was like, probably not. Probably Italian or Sicilian. Yeah. One of the two. The old Steubenville. One very quick story I want to tell Chris as well. We're just talking about, you know, I asked him off the air if Chris was short for Christian. He said, no, it's Christopher. I said, thank God. Honestly, got a Spanish guy with the name Christian. That's a lot of pressure, man. That's a ton of pressure. But I was telling him about the Garcia family. And a really cool thing happened a couple of years ago at the State Fair. We were doing a meet and greet out at the State Fair two years ago. We're standing there, and this, this guy comes up to me, and he goes, do you remember me? I said, no, sure. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> you. Said, it's been a while since I've seen you. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, it's been 63 or 53 years since I've seen you. I'm wow. like, what? Wow. It was Joe Garcia, a kid that I played with every day when I lived on Bryant and, uh, and Plymouth. Wow. Joey Garcia. I hadn't seen him in 51 years. And he recognized you. He did, yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Mm. Nicest guy in the history of the world. I remember Joey Garcia. God, everybody loved that guy. What so did he move away? I mean, yeah. What, yeah. what happened? Well, no, you moved. 30 30 or 43 houses. Yeah, 43 moved. houses. I moved. <laughs> he we, moved. We moved. Is Tom here? No, he's gone already. We were pretty yeah. much in the same neighborhood, though. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You wouldn't, yeah. like, lose There was a lower friend. north side yeah. and upper north side. And every, there was a, every time the taxes were due, you had to move. Huh? Uh, the rent. The rent. It <laughs> was actually the rent. That's that what we call the secret move. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of secret moves. In the middle moving. of the night. Matter of fact, my brother-in-law, Pat O'Brien, who, by the way, was half Puerto Rican, which I just love. A guy named Patrick O'Brien's half Puerto Rican. But his mother, Dea Dina, was, she was a walking saint, raising, I, I believe, what, they have eight children. <sighs> All, all the women Cassie's in the family. like, only eight. All the yeah, girls in the family were really pretty, too. And that, that had to be quite a burden because all the O'Brien women were, were beautiful. And so the brothers, well, Michael O'Brien ended up being a, uh, being a Hennepin County deputy sheriff. So that was pretty. He was ombudsman at the jail for a while. But, yeah, those are great memories. I love all that stuff. What is an ombudsman? What is, it? is it community relations or it's something? It's basically the turnkey at the jail. What? And ombudsman, there are ombudsmen at newspapers, but they don't call them that anymore. Lou Gelfand was the ombudsman yeah. at the Star Tribune. And so I think the city of Minneapolis had one, too. Yep, they, they do, I think. I just think so. What do, they, what do they do? What does that word mean? I, I've heard it. What's the actual it's an definition? official appointed to investigate complaints against the administration. Oh, okay. Oh. So they're like they're they're internal appointed. affairs, basically. So basically they send them to a very large... Uh, half Irish, half Puerto Rican kid, because Mike, Mike was a big muscular guy. I don't think he wanted to argue with them too much. But yeah, they are appointed, which is kind of weird. Yeah, so if you're appointed by the administration, I wonder whose side yeah. you're going to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the administration, oh, the administration should not appoint the, the person in charge mm, of no. making sure they're not corrupt. Yeah. I think it's wonderful. So basically, we've got them all. We have a Christensen, we have an Olsen, which is automatically Lutheran. Yeah. I mean, it's just a given. Pretty much. And then we have a Roman Catholic. We got this whole thing covered. Man. We got it covered. Yeah. We got all the religions covered. We'd mentioned Jesus. And Je- where's Jesus? Oh, here's Jesus right here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. There's a Jew in the room, so Bum. that's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. We got it all covered, man. So, that's cool somebody, if, if that was the jack in the box, boom, just a listener, Jesus pops out. A listener sent. I think it. I, at first it did pop up. Did it pop up? Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, press it down. I think it was. Whoops, I just dropped He has Jesus. risen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he would rise. He, it would lock down and then all of a sudden go boing. boing like that. So he would, he is risen. But I can always tell. I whenever, certainly hope you're not annoying any faithful followers fine. of hey, our listen, Lord and Savior. Oh. As Richard Pryor once said, we have humor. We have humor. Yeah, as Richard Pryor once said, yeah, boy, I know Jesus. <laughs> so if Richard can know him, I can know him. Yeah. But I can always tell when people think I'm a little too upset or a little too cranky because Jesus ends up looking right at me for the rest of the show. <laughs> Even judges. though I'm not all that – I'm not a very religious guy, but I, look, I'm not smart enough to know if there is or is not a God. How, do, how is anybody that smart? Yeah. Right? So try to behave. You know what I mean? Just do be the good. best you can. Be, be good. good. Let's be good. That's it. Yeah. Was Keep it magical that you're good? 
Uh, am I good? I just tied. I just tied those two together just to test you out. There you go. He's magically delicious. Um, whoa! Oh, oh, boy, look whoa. at the time. Whoa. We love to say it schmooze. Check my hey, emails. Hey, check my phone. Yeah, sorry. No, these three men are Trick here for, for a, kids. These three men are here for a very important day. As a matter of fact, I, I just, Rob, I hate to admit it right to your face, but I love talking to you. You're well, a great inspiration to you. people because your family is the ultimate to you, which I, I just absolutely love that, that you and your wife are fantastic parents, and I think your kids would agree with that, would they not? Well, well. I hope so. Probably <laughs> not, but, you know, I mean, trash day if they don't like me. <laughs> I, I, I told Rob, uh, I guess a couple of years ago for the first time, but I mentioned again, Rob was just on the KQ Morning Show, and I mentioned to him that there were a couple of kids with cystic fibrosis in my neighborhood but back in those days, they died by the time they were, I think, 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. But that's is that the way it was back in the 50s? Yeah, I mean, even less. They weren't even expected to go to grade school. Oh, that's right. They weren't yes. expected to start school. You told yeah, me that. Yeah, so if they, you know, if they made it to 9 and 10 years old, it was you know, probably not an aggressive form of it. I mean, yeah. there, there was one guy that I met about two years ago who was actually diagnosed in his 50s. Really? Which is very odd. Yeah, I mean, that sucks. Yeah. yeah, they have different... Uh, levels of aggressiveness of the disease. Oh, so, so he always had it, but it was just so yeah, it's genetic passive. Habit. Interesting. Yeah, so, and you can have different uh, problems with it. Like, well, most people have problems with their lungs. Yeah. But some just, you know, digestive or, you know, Any other epithelial things. cells, basically. Yeah, anything that excretes, any ex- yeah. extra glands, skin. Uh, yep. Fun. Didn't you tell a story about a guy who was having eye problems and and he had yeah you know, he had some other problems. He was checked out by doctors. No, no, there's nothing. And I think it was you. Maybe it was somebody else. Uh, he went to an eye doctor. The doctor said, "Have you ever been checked for cystic fibrosis?" Yeah. So that that was my son. It was ten months mm. old. Oh, it was actually oh, your son? Yeah, I remember that blind. story. Yeah. That is an amazing yeah. story. And he was laying there. Um, they asked your ten-month-old son if he was ever checked for cystic fibrosis, and he yeah. said, "Oh well, yeah, actually." Well, they asked a... Rob. <laughs> That's been going to hey, his kids like are it. smart. They started talking when they were nine months old. Well, yeah. So he actually was uh, sick his whole, you know, infancy, and we didn't know what was wrong with him. The doctors didn't know, and so they, they didn't know. They hadn't tested him, and and uh, one day we noticed that he wasn't looking at us. He wasn't looking in our eyes anymore. So we took him to the doctor, eye doctor, and. Uh, he was laying on the table for 20 minutes, and the doctor says, this kid's been crying for 20 minutes, and there are no tears. Oh. So, and vitamin K creates tears. Okay. Vitamin K deficiency is one of the problems with cystic mm-hmm. fibrosis because mm-hmm. of the digestive issues. Mm-hmm. So they, that's how they uh, had us test him, suggest that we had him tested, and sure enough. So they put him in the hospital, and... You know, I mean, he was dying. He was gray. His skin was gray. His hair was thin and falling out. I mean, it was just, you know, we we didn't know what was wrong with this kid. And we just said, we're not leaving here until you figure it out. So then they um, they finally diagnosed him with cystic fibrosis and started treatments on him and medication and just sprung back to life. Honestly, it was it was within just a few days he got his color back. He was active again, you know, and. Yeah, so because he was starving. I mean, his, you know, the digestive problems that they have with it, the pancreas doesn't work like it should, so it doesn't absorb fats and proteins like like it should. So he'd have all kinds of abdominal problems. And we used to call him, before we knew, we, we called him um, 
uh, Sir stinks a lot because his, <laughs> his poop would smell like the dumpster of a bad restaurant in the back. Oh, wow. It was just wouldn't, nothing would digest, so it would rot in yeah. his gut. Yeah. And he was yeah. crying and screaming, and we didn't know what was wrong with him. And and as soon as we started the treatments and given the medication, there's just things just came back to normal. Saved his yeah. life. It really did. That's so, amazing. Yeah, That's we, great. Yeah. At nine months old. Yeah, well, ten months, but ten months, close yeah. enough. I think we talked about this last time you were here. Now they screen for this early? Yes, yes they do. So, I mean, we were, he was born in Nevada. And I guess I haven't checked Nevada to see if they screen for CF, but, I'm, but they do it now in Minnesota, which they didn't at the time. And my wife was pregnant with our second son um, when our first one was diagnosed. So he was uh, diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. They started treatments on him right away i mean we're you pound on their chest so you've got this little tiny baby oh, and we're yeah yeah <laughs> yeah on his to on the lungs to loosen up the mm-hmm. mucus yep so that's part of the treatments and yeah he's never had any problems so uh never been to the hospital he goes to the doctors and gets his lungs checked twice three times a year and yeah. does his treatments every day Greatest part of the story is how old are they now? 17 and 18 years old, yeah. So they wow. should not have lived that long, probably, uh, Pro- without well, being undiagnosed. Well, yeah, yeah my they'd, oldest. They lived 20 years before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my oldest would not have made it. If yeah. they didn't diagnose him, he would not have made it. There's Isn't no way. That a wonderful thing. Why, why? Do you ever think why did this happen to me, both the, the unfortunate thing with my son, but the greatness that came of it? You got so lucky that that eye doctor said, you need to do this. Oh how yeah! Lucky. How wonderful is that? That was yeah, that was divine intervention. I believe, yeah. no doubt about yeah, it. I understand. Wait a minute, I got to get Jesus looking at you. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. You can write it, Rob. So, <laughs> and kind of, kind of Chris too, but no. <laughs> Thank you, Christensen. <laughs> Christensen, you got Chris and Christensen. You got. I'm surrounded by him. Now your oldest son is blind. He is blind. He never yeah. did regain his, his sight. No, he had optic nerve damage. Yeah, so that's permanent, and they're working on you know ways to to fix that, which is but it's so deep in the brain that they, you know, it's tough. Yeah. So I got a pat Rob on the back. One of the things you do every year that I'm always so impressed with is you take AJ to a, like a trip, do a destination trip, and tell me about the last. Yeah. So the story there. is that when whenever we go as a family on a vacation, you know, there's a lot of walking and looking and sure. sightseeing, you know, which to him, it's just a big, long, boring, noisy walk. <laughs> <laughs> so he yeah, hates exactly. family vacations, just hates them. And so every, once a year, um, for the past probably six, seven years, I've taken him on a cruise or somewhere where he gets to choose Everything we do, all experiential type things, you know, zip lining, horseback riding. Oh, yeah. And, uh, riding on the back with a young lady on a jet ski. Yeah, so. <laughs> so what, what, can I take a two minute break? We'll yes. be right back, yeah, yeah. and then we're going to talk about Float for the Cure. We're going to hear the rest of this story. Are you going to do any magic for me? I love magic. I will do some magic, yes. You're a Yay. good man. Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back, Tom Bernard. <laughs> Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who's here to talk about a great service and an app that you can get and use from North American Banking Company called XCheck. Tom, it's a payment app we developed. We wanted a simple application that was safe and secure, easy to use, and a way in which you could pay the kid who cuts your grass, shovels your snow, a way you could split a dinner check without having to exchange cash, without having to write a check. The app 
processes the payment, puts it right into the receiver's account literally the same day. It's free to our customers. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. This is Tom Why Not Bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, celebrating 20 years of providing a better banking experience. Member FDIC and equal housing lender, Mike is a disaster. Now, wait a minute. You better cut out that. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, 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 Tommy. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. Uh, Aretha. I love Aretha. Mm-hmm. Damn it. I, I, seriously, it does upset me. That, in a way, it upsets me. In another way, I'm glad because I never met Aretha and I never even got a chance to talk to her. But maybe she stays even that more special in my mind because of that. Because I never true. saw the human being part of it, just the big star. Yeah. You know? I, but I heard she was a terrific person, really, really nice person. But I wanted to get to know her because she was worth $101 million. So I thought, you know, maybe I could get her. <laughs> Apparently she was super generous. She, she donated a lot of generous. money. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I just liked her because she, she could do, you know, gospel. <clears throat> she could do rock and roll. Yep. She could do R&B. I mean, she, you know, she had such a... I mean, she fit in every category. Because, I mean, she would perform with anybody. Yeah. And she did opera. Because she did... She did Nasundorma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in Pavarotti's place. He couldn't make it, so she stepped in and sang the entire song in Italian. And that's big shoes to fill. Oh, uh, yeah, I would guess so, <laughs> you know, yeah. And a big suit. Yeah, so... Unbelievable. The way she handles that, and I was talking about it this morning, uh, the way she goes, I never loved a man the way that I love you. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You're like, can, whoa. Can you do that one more time? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I feel much better. Okay, we're talking about, you You had brought up a subject. Uh, oh, yeah, before the break. So you went on experiential vacations. Oh, the tour and the, yeah, the jet get, ski. Yeah, so um, out in the ocean, we, re- we rented this jet ski in Mexico. You can only do it there. He's blind. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's on the front, and I'm like, we're gonna, you're going to drive. So he can't see it. I mean, he's not, he's not completely are the, black. Are you near Baja, California at the time? Uh, no, we were down in like uh, in the Bahamas. Is where oh, we were at this time. That's not all bad, is yeah. it? Yeah. So we, um, I put him on the front. I, I showed him how to steer and where the the gas was and. And then, you know, so he's not cranking it too hard and flipping us. Once he got used to it, he just took off like a bat out of it. You know, he he had a good time. We were mm-hmm. on, we rode that thing for an hour. You can say H E double toothpicks. I can. <laughs> I can say H-E-double toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a song. 
So and then we're um, we we get to the shore and, and I we see these two hotties sitting there on the uh, on the side and I'm like hey it's my son's 16 uh, 16 year um, spring break no. and you want to help us make it a little memorable for him and they're like what I said hop on the jet ski with them and we'll get some photos and stuff so he they got on there and they're hugging on him and they're you know in their bikinis and <laughs> big smile yeah Aww. then you said smile yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's got that on his facebook as his profile photo Aww. why wouldn't you wow. absolutely why yeah. wouldn't you he's touching i'm blind braille, <laughs> braille. oh it's the letter it's the letter c oh. yeah oh look at that let us talk there about the go. float for the cure. Yes, I, I just how long? How many years now? This for the float. This is our fifth year. The fifth year. Okay. Yep. Uh, I just think it's a great idea. You got, you get all these people together. You have some of my favorite favorite people performing. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, GB Layton. There, I he's, love him. Yeah, he's. The, I think this is our fourth or fifth time we've had him at oh, our him. events. He's just great. a great guy. Yep, super fun. Indeed. So tell us all about Float for the Cure. So Float for a Cure, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, we're on the Avalon Riverboat, which is the largest riverboat in the Midwest. It has a capacity of 650, but we're capping it at 400. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we have we want people to relax and have fun and not be crowded. And plus, we have all kinds of games and silent auctions, so that takes up part of one deck. We have um, a live band, of course, uh, taking part of it too. So we, you know, we don't want it to to be too crowded. Um, we have um, prime rib and chicken dinner, uh, buffet dinner, I should say. So it's kind of an all-you-can-eat situation. Lane, you'll enjoy that. Oh, well. <laughs> what a reputation. There's a shot. Yeah, well. And then, uh, uh, and then we have, um, uh, like I say, lots of games. We have raffles and, and things like that. 50, so for $50... You know, really? for all of that, and a boat ride, sunset cruise on the St. Croix. And it's going to be beautiful weather, so oh, we're man. we're very excited about it. We only have about 50 or 60 tickets left. Wow. Okay. So this, last year, I think we we um, were short by 100. So we're ahead. So I'm wonderful. I'm yeah, we raised, last year we donated to the foundation, after all the costs, 35000 Wow, that's great. So, and for, you know, a small event like like mm -hmm. this compared to some of the bigger things that they put on sure. it's a you know it's a good deal and we flew in the special and, and talent <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> oh you're there <laughs> he just appeared <laughs> so we have chris lopez magic too which i'm really excited about because we saw him at lane's house and and uh i was impressed now i can usually figure these things out i i usually can i'm watching tv i watch all those magic shows and i'm like oh that's cheesy so but chris he's impressive he really is so that's why we flew him out here and and uh, he's going to do some walking magic for us that's what he puts on his card not yeah. cheesy not cheesy not, yeah. not, <laughs> not cheesy not, not cheesy no 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 cheesy magic no cheesy magic so oh. yeah and it'll be a lot of fun yeah looking forward to it i really am and when is it it'll be great it's tomorrow night tomorrow um, night yeah oh. check in at the boat is 5 30 to 6 30 don't be late or you'll be standing on the dock and when it where is it it's in uh, stillwater downtown stillwater Great. just as you come down the the uh highway from highway 36 it's the first thing you see on the right hand side it's the biggest boat right there they won't jet ski people out to the boat nope 
I like the story already. She's yeah, reading the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I like that, Ivan. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us all about. So actually, it's it's got a basis in truth of all of all things. Oh, uh, it does. My grandmother died reading the Egyptian Book of the Dead, and then uh, years later, I was reading an article in in W Magazine about her, and I said, "Well, she may have been murdered," and I went, "Whoa, that is real news for me." And um, I didn't know the story it was so fascinating. I just couldn't help but write it. My grandmother threatened to murder me once, but that was a completely different thing. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that. How did how did it start? Is that when you you did some research? Did did you research the book first and then find out about your grandmother reading the Egyptian Book of the Dead, or is that where it started? How did it all start? Well, it started um, at a uh, at the Saint Regis having lunch with um, I think with my father at the time, and he uh, he just. It just came out that oh yeah she you know, we were talking about something and it went on to and I was a youngster probably about ten or eleven and he said well she died reading the Egyptian Book of the Dead well I I didn't quite know what to make of that um, and that's how it started and I went to we would go on vacation up there at um, my father's place um, up in Rhinebeck and that was a very large house it was you know suitably spooky and had a lot of you know it was it it got interesting you know during the evenings and um yeah i just said this is the this is the grandest place we have to i have to at some point pass that on and and then the story you know, evolved from that i saw that. see that's a wonderful thing so you kind of wrote from family history and kind of from your own brain correct well that's very cool uh when did you start writing the book about four years ago it took me about three years to write it simply because that wasn't my primary occupation. Um, my wife is my boss. And, uh, she, Mine too. She had me working yeah. on other things. Thanks for bringing that up, <laughs> Ivan. She's sitting right here. Way to go, Ivan. Yeah, that's how it is. And um, you know, the work always took you know, precedence simply because you get paid for that. And, um, you know, and I wrote it as, uh, between, uh, you know, I was doing, uh, my wife has a translations company. So between projects, um, I was, I was writing and it went on and off, on and off until, I don't know, maybe on the last year where I said, you know, I'm going to finish this thing. And, um, and then I wrote it a bit more consistently and, uh, then it came out in February. Oh, you know what? I was just handed your book. You sent that really oh. fast. Jeez. Yeah, that I know. drone I'm just quick. dropped it right off. <laughs> oh God, you look just like you, you look like you could be Anderson Cooper's that's brother. What I was thinking, yeah, no, I know that. <laughs> so many people tell me that. I bet I mean, you I that's true, myself. Ivan. <laughs> Are you Anderson Cooper? I think, no, no, I'm not. I love that. That's well, it's a compliment. Anderson Cooper is one of the nicest people I've ever talked to. He's a very nice man, indeed. You know, everybody's got their psychotic political views now in America, and I don't know what that's all about. But I, I, I just kind of push the politics aside and go, this person's nice or this person's nice or whatever. I don't care what their political party is. I tend to be a centrist, so you can look all as much like Anderson Cooper as you want because he's a very nice guy. You ever met him? I never met him. I did. Um, I think I met his mom. Oh, yeah. And uh, Alfred Vanderbilt, I did know. And, uh, you know, those, yeah, I knew those people. <laughs> I did not meet Anderson Cooper. I wonder what I'd age. I'd love to, actually. No, I, yeah, he, he, seriously, he's a very nice guy. Real, you'd really enjoy him. And plus the fact to be like looking in a mirror anyway. 
You're a little more <laughs> handsome than he is, but you know. You know. Ah, thank you. I'll take the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all works out in the end. So it, it is uh it's interesting. So for you so you sit down and you talk to your father and then you start, well, you know what? I think I'm going to write a book. So it is fiction, but uh, some of it is based on reality, correct? Oh, absolutely. Um, and again, you know, the weird part about it is the things that are in there that are somewhat unbelievable, our chances are true. And the things that are sort of mundane, um, those are things that were made up. Um, the whole plot was made up, and that was, I didn't even have an outline. All I knew was I had five days in Rhinebeck, New York, at a house party, and whatever was going to happen had to happen within those five days because, you know, once Sunday came around, everybody was leaving. So yeah. that's what happened. Wonderful. I need to take just a two-minute break. You can stick with us, Ivan. Sure. And Rob and Chris and Lane, you can stick around, hopefully. We'll be here. Excellent. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers, come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. A little quiet. That's some quiet, that's some quiet piano right there. There it there goes. That's actually Lane Christensen singing. It's not Aretha. Wow, you sound a lot like <laughs> Sure did. I don't know, Ivan, if you know this or not, but Aretha Franklin passed away this morning at 8.50 Central Time. Yes, I heard. That's really unfortunate. I loved her in the Blues Brothers, I'll tell you. That, that. was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. You better think. Everybody's favorite. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, that was one of the best. Blues Brothers are great. So. Mm-hmm. Indeed, and, and somebody has pointed out, that hopefully to you, the, the Queen of Soul died on the same day as... The king of rock and roll. Elvis. Elvis. Yep. That's Elvis. That's, that's a, right. That's quite the uh, quite the coincidence. I'll tell you, the king and the queen die on the same day, 40, what, 41 years apart? Um, yep. Unbelievable. Uh, we also have some guests in studio with us, Ivan. Rob Olson is here. Uh, Float for the Cure. There's a couple of sons with cystic fibrosis. It does a wonderful job. Did a great job when his oldest son was just 10 months old. Uh, saved his life with what he did. It's a it's a magnificent story as well. So we have uh, actually we have three great stories going on because Rob and Chris are here. You're with us, Ivan, and then Lane Christensen is here, and he just finished a book on Russian aristocracy. Is that what you were reading? That's correct. And uh, I, I, I saw something in the paper last week about uh, Russian embracing like the old. Uh, aristocracies and they're promoting it, you know, which pretty much wasn't allowed for a long time. Right, ago. right. The book I just finished was called The Gentleman in Moscow. Has anybody ever heard of it? Ivan, you heard of it? Wow. 
No, no, I haven't, but you know what? I'm noting it down. I'll take a look at it. I it's, love it. It was just bought by Kenneth Branagh, and he's doing a movie oh. about it. Yeah, he's, he's going to direct and act in it, and it's the best book I've read in three years. Hmm. It's no, he's a got count. No it's an aristocratic count who is arrested and imprisoned and house arrest in the Metropole Hotel in Moscow. Really? That's great. Great book. Yeah. It's called what? A Gentleman in Moscow. A Gentleman in Moscow. Yep. Are you sure that's not about Steven Seagal? <laughs> Thank you very much. Great to be here. They Now they've made him some kind of an envoy to the United States. Did you know that? What? God. He's a Russian envoy Steven to the Seagal. United Steven Seagal. I think what? he's the ambassador. Oh, between... he can't be the ambassador for the Russian ambassador. I think he's Steven Seagal. <laughs> Ivan, he's going to go kick some butt at the embassy. Ivan, as a Russian, you got to take care of this, man. You can't have this Steven Seagal being oh, your, your ambassador. I know. Oh, my gosh. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, he might do a lot of Aikido on the guy, and that might be interesting. Yeah, that's true. Ivan, do you? Uh, the book is called Eye of the Moon. Ivan Obolensky. O-B-O-L-E-N-S-K-Y is the last name, and I hope you know how to spell Ivan if you don't go back to school. <laughs> that would be really good. Um, finding out uh, about the, the fact that your you said your grandmother was reading the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Yeah, when she died. When she died. But <laughs> no, did, yeah. did you know that before you wrote the book? Yes, I did. Okay. Um, I did. Uh, most of it, as I said, was um, you know these are all tales. I mean, that was a very as I said, there was a lot of ghost stories. We only got into that many years later, and when the in, when I was growing up. Uh, children were pretty much seen and not heard but you know we were very clever in that we were able to steer the conversations into the more wild things that happened and every now and again little pearls would drop and we would we would put them together and eventually we came up with uh, with stories and we said whoa this is like really mystical but then russia is a very mystical place i mean they they, they love that stuff i just i just realized something ivan we were talking yes. about things that uh, you know you understand and things that you have done. Your grandfather was the Prince of New York. Yes, he was. That's that was, phenomenal. Uh, the, the Saint Regis really sort of uh, put that there because he and Vincent Astor, and of course, you know, Serge was a he knew all about you know what high life was um you know he was entertained a lot of people so he knew a lot about hotels and uh yeah he and vincent astor he put the uh he did the maxfield parish was taken out of the knickerbocker and put on you know in the bar there and he redid the whole hotel into a, a much better one Got and it. then uh, later he did that to the plaza with conrad hilton and then did the sherry netherlands yeah honestly got some of the greatest hotels in new york wow. Magnificent. That's, I should. I don't know why I didn't realize. Uh, and it, you pronounce it Serge, not Sergey. I always call him Serge. I Serge mean, actually, I called him Grandpa, and he would always. I'd read him at there, and he would go, "Yvonne, how are you?" So, do you go by Yvonne or Ivan? What's that? Do you go by Yvonne or Ivan? Um, I go by both. It it depends. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. You know, I answer to both actually. Okay, I'm going to call you Yvonne the Terrible. How about that? Yvonne the Terrible. Now, that's the interesting thing. Yvonne the Terrible almost wiped out our family. You have a hell of a life going here, pal. You don't look that old. <laughs> what, that's, what an interesting life. I, I just want to read this quickly. 
Uh, Serge Obolensky was known as the Prince of New York, born a Russian prince in 1890. He married a Russian princess, escaped to England from the Bolsheviks with a price on his head, immigrated to the United States with his second wife, Alice Astor, an American. You might have heard that name before, the Astor name, you know. Uh, an American princess in 1924, reigned supreme at the St. Regis Hotel in Manhattan, worked for Vincent Astor, who asked him to help restore the Grand Hotel beyond its former glory. What a great story. You got all kinds of great stories, Ivan. Oh, yeah, I know. And you know what the funny part was? Living, you know, growing up with all of this, I mean, obviously there's the burden to succeed. <laughs> Why? Well, that's you know, true. You read about all your ancestors and you go, what do you got to show? <laughs> you know, Ivan, is there a lot of pressure from that? I would imagine there are at least some. Oh, there is a lot. And um, growing up, there it was that was probably the difference between an ordinary household and our household. I mean, the expectations were extraordinary. And um, you have to be extraordinarily social adept as well. Um, I'm, I mean, I met, you know, the Duke and Duchess of Windsor in my bathrobe. They would, we would be created out. <laughs> what? <laughs> in, what were they doing in the bathroom? In, uh, you name it. I mean, they, they came over, and there I was. And I had to uh, go out and say goodnight. And I talked to Grace Kelly and, Princess Ra- and Prince Rainier and all. I mean, just a cast of characters. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, that's uh, you have to be polite. You have to learn manners. You have to know table manners. Otherwise, you were sent off to the uh, children's table, and that was not really a nice thing. Hey, listen, I've talked to some people from Gilligan's Island, so you know. <laughs> yeah. well, I can, all I can say is the food at the big table was a lot better than the one you get at the small table. Oh, I suppose that is true. So, yeah, I, I, what age were you when you realized you're living this very special life? Did, was that early early on in life, or at what age did you understand it? Um, I think it was about seven or eight, maybe, um, when you know, because I was driven to school by a chauffeur, and you know, I noticed that nobody else had chauffeur. Right, that was that tended to do it right there. Yeah, I suppose in New York, other kids should have had uh, chauffeurs, but they didn't, and there you are. Did did the other children bother you about that? Only once. Um, I had somebody do that, and that was, I think I was maybe 12 when I just got punched. Um, and then, you know, the kid said, well, you know, where's your chauffeur and everything like that, and all your money oh, and stuff God. like that. And it just came out of the blue, and I wow. was like, uh, but, you know, I, I sat up through my classes, um, you know, just absolutely brooding. And I figured there was only one thing to do, and that was to attack without reason. So I found the guy and, you know, pounded it. We got into a huge scrap and, you know, teachers flying and, you know, separating us and stuff like that. I felt pretty good about that, but um, it was it was an interesting point because, you know, there is sort of a, you can have prejudice, you know, with no yep, yep, yep. reason for that. And um, you have to deal with that. And that was also part of it. I would imagine that's true. And that kid was never seen again, by the way. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true at they all. They found him in a dumpster behind the school a long time later. Uh, no, actually, he didn't. I don't, I have no idea whatever happened. He goes, no, actually, he didn't. Okay, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. You're writing a book. You've written a book. It took you four years to write a book. But you're the grandson of the Prince of New York. You feeling that pressure now, too? Oh, absolutely. I have to come up with a legacy. And that, I think, you know, when you talk about the 1%, that's one of the things that, you know, the 1% is different from normal people is they don't look at accumulating wealth. They look at 
um, establishing a legacy, whether yeah, that's through yeah. foundations, museums, whatever. And um, so I have to write. I'm, I'm going to write and write and write and write. I think it's a wonderful thing. Ivan Obolensky, the book is called Eye of the Moon. You're a terrific, you know, you're a very comfortable guy to interview. You, you, you know, you, you just kind of lay back and you do the interview and you find out all these interesting things and nothing surprises you. You do a hell of an interview, Ivan. Well, thank you. Um, uh, well, you make it very comfortable for me to be here, so that's that's something important. Well, now you got to come back then. Oh, I'd love it. Absolutely. Ivan, thank you so much today. Eye of the Moon is available everywhere. Um, actually, pretty much on Amazon. Amazon is well, a place. It's not in bookstores as much as I would love to do that, but uh, Amazon works for me. They there aren't very many bookstores left, unfortunately. I mean, I love bookstores and libraries, and there are not many bookstores left, unfortunately. It's too bad. It is very true. Yes, exactly. Ivan. I can't wait till the next time. Next time when you're on, I'm just going to call you I.O. Okay. That's totally it's, cool. It's very difficult for a guy as wealthy as you to be the initial to be I.O. because you don't. <laughs> never look at it that way. Very good. Thank you, Ivan. We'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Right in the middle of the interview, I realized it's grandfather's the Prince of New York. Everybody who's ever lived in New York knows about the Prince of New York. I don't. Who this guy, yeah. he's a, he's I don't actually, either. He was an actual Russian prince, you know, had to escape. It would be, he would have been killed if he stayed in Russia. Yeah, the Bolsheviks liked killing. Yeah, Bolsheviks love killing people. <laughs> so he, he escapes to England first, and he ends up uh, with one of the Astors. Now, John Astor was on the Titanic, right? Yes. Yeah, he was the one that was on the Titanic. So he marries an Aster. He comes to New York, and he takes over uh, the whole shooting match. Uh, the far as the hotel, all those great hotels. They're old now. The hotels are very old now. St. Regis, uh, Sherry Netherlands. Uh, maybe they've done I, – I shouldn't really say that because, you know, the last time I stayed at the Sherry Netherlands was probably 30 years ago. So maybe they've, you know – Was he a Russian mobster or just a, kind of a hotel – well, he was Russian royalty, so that's all you needed. Uh, <laughs> he had some me. <laughs> got a lot of money. But no, he does, he's very relaxed. You ever notice that people with hundreds of millions of dollars that tend to be pretty relaxed? Other than Donald Trump. Yeah, course. not a lot. Of <laughs> he's the only one that's not relaxed. But I, I have to ask you guys a question about this. And I'm talking about all these six other people in the room. I get the distinct impression that Donald Trump never thought he was going to get elected, didn't want to be president, but now that he is, he's going to poke the bear as much as he possibly can, and then in two years go, see ya. He said he's going yeah. to rerun again. I don't. He's I'm not buying it. He did? It. Yeah. I'm not when? buying it. He'll uh, run again. I've heard that a couple of times. Really? Yeah, I, I can't believe that he would come close to winning, but I don't know. He'll run again just to prove that he can. Yeah. You think so? I, my prediction is that he's going to be impeached before his term is over. You He'll think do that'll something happen. so bad that uh, I that would have all come out. Yeah, before he's gonna, he's people have been digging so hard. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. honestly wouldn't doubt that he would win again. He'll win again. You think, you think he'll win again? Oh, he'll win again. Really? People got there and support him. Yeah. I, I don't see that at it all. It depends on who the Democrats pick. If if they don't pick well, that's like true. an evil witch, Facebook then they'll pages win. You look at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. I look at the Russian one. Yeah, the the, the Obolensky Facebook page. Yeah, that's page. what I look at. Wonderful. <laughs> I think that he got elected similar to the situation where Jesse Ventura got elected. I think you're 100 Where people right. that don't usually vote came out and mm. voted. Yeah, yeah. He's think. saying a lot of things that a lot of people want to say. <laughs> that's true. But they don't, and that's what happened with Jesse. You know I really they both have they in common. They're both. 
uh, thin-skinned and can't take any criticism. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, he's not good at taking criticism, that is for sure. Even at, I don't like your tie. Oh, well, I'm going to have you deported. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good impression. I like that. I, <laughs> I haven't even worked on it yet. I'm going to start working on it. Yeah. I, Most I, I, people, I when don't... they do it, kind of overdo this part <laughs> of it. They kind of do this. Big lip. Yeah, yeah the big lip thing. I do not like him, and I did not vote for him. But I get mad when people give the American people so little credit thinking yeah. that the only reason why he got elected was because of racism i know it's that just, is not yeah, the only idiotic. reason no, those... i mean I, I i've talked to a lot of people that ha- did support him and it was all about not having legacy politicians for them it was all about not having another you know dynasty in there yeah. it was about a lot of yeah. different things it wasn't about racism and that irritates me when people say that's the only they reason why he got it because i don't think the american Population. I mean, sure, there are races, racists running around, absolutely. But I don't think that that's the reason. Well, why yeah, Americans are just, tired of the status quo that we've been dealing yeah, with. Yeah. Exactly. Past, you know what? Twenty years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'd give us a little bit more credit just as a people. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Andy, three hundred sixty million people live in America. About that. I think. Well, wait. I think that might be high. Three hundred sixty million. Three fifty nine. Three twenty five. Yeah, but they say they do say about thirty five million people don't like undocumented. They're undocumented, or they they're from an African country and they won't take part in the census because they believe it somehow jinxes See, them or whatever. So I don't get that. They're undocumented. How do they know how many there are? Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That's why thirty five <laughs> yeah. million people don't even appear. Yeah, they don't. Even, they're about actually three hundred sixty million people in America. But 325. Are you documented? Huh? Am I documented? No. Oh my God! Wow, he's, that was a he's a Christian. I can't, I can't talk about that. <laughs> the, what I fact, don't say my real name. <laughs> I'm going to disappear now. Yeah. I was going to say, you, you, you're not related to Jennifer Lopez, are you? George Lopez? She's like my, oh, George is like my second cousin or something like that. You're making it up as you go along. No. Why, is she really? Yeah, it's got a lot of talent, man. You better be good. You better be a good magician, man. I'll I know. Tell that, you that. I checked it out because I'm like, okay, second cousin, that's legal. <laughs> <laughs> so you're good to go. I'm Chris. good to go. <laughs> this is good to go. Not a problem. We will take a break and be right back in a couple minutes. You guys can stay for another hour. Or sure. Yeah. Or, sure thing. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Oh, 